Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. What's up, faithful? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers web zone. No Huddle Podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I am Brian Rennick. Al Sacco is on assignment with family uh, this weekend. And so... Uh, we brought in a special guest, someone who has been on the podcast before, Mr. Jason Aponte of Niners Nation and the Sprint Right Option Podcast. Jason, we got Thanksgiving revenge, man. Was it as cathartic for you as it was for me? It was. And this is a victory that while people will look at it and say, why are you lamenting such a regular season win? I don't think you understand what was at stake here. Um <laughs> This one is, it feels just as good, not only because it was thorough domination on Thanksgiving in Seattle, but it also, it's time to to start to figure out, Seattle, you're not like us, we're not yeah. like you, we are not the same, <laughs> you are little bro, and now, because I had to live with this for so long when Seattle was dominant against San Francisco, now, the pie is yours. Enjoy the humble pie and enjoy yes. that no matter what you do within two weeks, you're not going to be any better than you were <laughs> that Thursday and you can't beat the 49ers. It's just a, it's a great place to be. 
It is. It is a great place to be, as uh, Michael Scott once said, my, my, how the turntables. And uh, it feels good. It just feels, it feels like, like a, a fitting end to a very long rivalry, right? And now it'll be up to Seattle to figure out how to reignite that rivalry. But it feels like officially that rivalry has kind of, we got bookends there, right? Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving. That was that was it. And uh, we closed it with with an emphatic victory over Geno Smith and the gum throwing Pete Carroll, which was also fun to see. Um, you know, I like to see Pete frustrated a little bit. It's it's nice. It's nice. Uh, and, his, and to be fair, Brian, his level of frustration is like the mildest version of it. Oh, hundred like percent. Pete never loses his cool. Everything's fine. Like his players, like two of his players could uh, be in like crutches and he'd say, well, we still think they've got a great chance to play on Sunday. Everything's 100%. great as far as Pete 100%. Carroll goes. And no matter what happens in this game, he's fine somehow. And I think that frustrates me more than anything. Like he never gets upset about anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's the thing is we're going to talk about uh, this, this upcoming game because uh, we are recording on Sunday uh, November 26th, it is uh, 5.50 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 8.50 p.m. East, Eastern time, where you are, Jason, and where Al is. Uh, but it is officially Eagles week because the Eagles uh, did beat the the Buffalo Bills, it was or, or the Bills lost to the Eagles, I think might be a better way to put it, but also you got to give kudos to that team. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but it just you got to revel in this victory a little bit more, right? We had victory Friday, but that was also black Friday. You know, Mike McDaniel showed out on that. So good for him, but like we got to revel in this a little bit more because you know, that is, that is an exorcising victory. And uh, Brock Purdy is now two and O in Seattle, which is uh, fantastic to say. And, and both sides of the ball looked really, really good in this game. And and so uh, what I wanted to do is just kind of take a look at the game. We, we've heard all the stats. We don't need to go through all that. Uh, just what was one takeaway you had from each side of the ball when it came to kind of forecasting into the future for this team as, as they go into uh, they continue their bird gauntlet, they're playing bird teams in five straight weeks. So it is hunting season, but um, what was one uh, takeaway from the offensive side of the ball that that you felt pretty good about? That when everybody's healthy, this team is impossible to stop. And there's always going to be one person on the outside looking in. And weird enough, on a primetime game, it was George Kittle this time. But you see yeah. Debo getting back involved um, in the running game. A lot of talk about the number two running back. Debo is the number two running back. And, and I think that that's the part that a lot of people forget. Uh, Brandon Ayuk clearly continuing to ascend, you know, on the heels of Brock Purdy's progression, which... You know, I hate to say it, you know, we all think that Brandon Ayuk is making himself a ton of money, but Brock Purdy's making a ton of money for Brandon Ayuk right yes. now, like with this his connection. And I think that's fair to say. But um, I think the bigger takeaway and the one that's kind of being lost in the shuffle is the offensive line kind of gelling together a little bit more, especially with Aaron Banks coming back in this game, which I didn't think he would. So yeah. Banks is here. It sounds like Feliciano was already in the plans to play at right guard. I would suspect that he's going to stay there uh, regardless yeah. of what happens with Spencer Burford. Trent Williams is getting back to himself. And now you see Brock Purdy being clean. And, and a lot of offensive line play is tied to the quarterback as well, how quickly he's getting the ball out, how quickly he understands when he needs to get the ball out and, you know, th that clock. But 
the offensive line playing much better, I think, is something that we are overlooking because the flashy plays, the big throws, the nice runs, all of those things. But it, it all starts up there, and I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is the offensive line is gelling at the right time. Yeah, I uh, I saw when when it was list when the inactives were listed and Aaron Banks wasn't on there. I thought to myself, well, here's the here's our first look at what I think is going to be the playoff push offensive line with Aaron Banks at left guard and John Feliciano at right guard. Um, I just think, you know, the, the veteran presence of Feliciano and, and I mean, in the, in the three games that he's played so far, he has looked better than Spencer Burford. So, you know, a lot, a lot is earned on this team. And I think Feliciano has earned an opportunity to, uh, take that spot. And then if for whatever reason his play falls off, then, then, then you go back to Burford. Um, I think for me, the, the biggest takeaway is really that touchdown throw to Brandon Ayuk and, what I think is is the biggest takeaway from that is is Shanahan said afterwards that was a designed checkdown. He was supposed to go to uh, I believe it was Christian McCaffrey who was wide open underneath, and that would have gotten a first down uh, plus some extra yardage, uh, and it would have you know continued the drive. But Brock Purdy processed enough and quickly enough to recognize, hey, I can get this to Ayuk, and had the balls to do it. And I think it's those two things that, again, are just showing that this kid is growing before our eyes to have the the stones to make that throw is only there because he has put in the work and is able to 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 go through his progressions, is able to read the defense. You know, he's done his film work. He's done it all. And and it's just another impressive showing from the kid in a hostile environment. Uh, just like we'll get in Philadelphia on Sunday. And uh, it's just, again, it's nice to just see really good quarterback play and not not kind of bait my breath each time we have to take a drop back because you're not certain what's going to happen. Um, it feels like at this point, seven, eight, nine times out of ten, when we drop back, something good is going to happen. And that's an impressive offense, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and that's not a knock at, you know, the other guy that was here before. No, it's just it's just a reality. And and yeah. there is no matter what, even during the three game stretch, I kept preaching like no matter what, it never really feels like this is ever getting away. It never feels right. like you're there's there's moments where things can be going well and you feel like, oh, this is shaky. Even when things weren't going well, it never felt like it was getting away from Brock Purdy. And, and I think that's something that is a comfort 49er fans haven't known for a long time. And that's not just, you know, the guy that was here before, right, Um, as handsome as he was. It's really just everybody after Steve, Mm -hmm. right? Like like after Steve, basically. So it's it's not just one person. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to – I don't get too into the hyperbolic statements in terms of Mm -hmm. like, oh, the best since Steve. But I'll be honest, uh, through these, these games that he's actually started and won and finished, I feel a calm at the quarterback position that I haven't felt since Steve um and that's no disrespect to Jeff Garcia who was fine as well too um Mm -hmm. but it's like no matter what happens it's like it's still Steve like you you feel good with the game in Steve's hands I guess like what I'm trying to say is like with Jeff you kind of just like hope things would go well you know he never he wasn't necessarily like throwing mind-numbing interceptions or anything like that but I think there's still like a confidence around Purdy to the point of he's still going to find a way to get it done regardless. Like he's still going to figure out a way to get it done. And I think that's something 49er fans haven't known in a long time. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, and I think 49er fans are are feeding off of that level of confidence that his teammates have. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing for me is all of his teammates just can't stop talking about how much they love this kid and how impressed they are with him. And you can't help but hear that and go, well, then, you know, regardless of what my priors were or whatever, I've, I've really got to kind of join in on this bandwagon because yep. this team loves this kid. And obviously the the results are there. Um, you know, speaking of Ayuk, before we go to the uh, defensive side, I thought one of this uh, one of these tidbits was really interesting. Um, again, talking about the season that Ayuk has had, uh, Jeff Dini, uh, who uh, writes about the 49ers uh, for PFF, tweeted this out that 40 of Brandon Ayuk's 45 receptions this season have resulted in either a first down or a touchdown. So that's 88.89 percent. Uh, basically, nine out of 10 uh, receptions are either going for a first down or a touchdown. That's one hell of a season that, that Ayuk is putting up. And, and again, it, it, it doesn't happen without Debo, without Kittle, you know, without McCaffrey, right. They all work in tandem. Um, So again, thinking in terms of one thing that you took away from uh, the defensive side of the ball in that game against Seattle. Uh, The coverage and the front, the front end are married and 
Traveris Ward had been targeted a ton. And I think it was less about, oh, we think we can complete passes against him, more about, well, if we have a jump ball session, we can try to, you know, try it and test that. Or mm-hmm. we could probably bait him into a penalty. Well, you're trying your best now to throw the football at him again. And now not only is he not penalizing himself, he's not going to ball away. Um, if Traverius Ward puts in performances like that on Sunday every single week, this team becomes incredibly yeah. difficult on, on the defensive side because the front end is now the, – the defensive end is now turned into exactly what we thought it would. And now the back end is cooperating in this manner now. And really, Brian, all it took was Steve Wilkes to miraculously float from <laughs> from the booth all the way down. Like, it, it's just insane wow. how we wow. we had this complete oversight of scheme – players mm-hmm. acclimating themselves, injuries, mm-hmm. when really all it took was just literally like they could have had wires on Steve Wilkes while he's in the booth yeah. maybe. And like if the team's struggling, just open up the thing and just kind of just Ascend. float him straight down. <laughs> yeah, and just float him straight down and then boom, <laughs> the defense is lit now. Um, But I think, uh, again, the back end was always going to be the place where you had to attack this team because you're not going to try the, the, the defensive line. You're not going to try the linebackers. But now if that back end is is covering in this way, even with the the – the loss of Tarano Hufanga, mm-hmm. my goodness, does this team become as well-rounded and as flexible as they want to be sending just four yeah. uh, to get the quarterback and being able to drop seven. Uh, that is insane to me that the 49ers still have this little bit that they can unlock, and maybe they might have on Thursday, and I think that's scary. Yeah, you know, and I think I think for me also the big takeaway came from the secondary, uh, and it was, it was the revelation that pregame Kyle Shanahan came to Traverius Ward and said, "Hey, you're you're gonna cover DK. You're gonna follow. Yeah. You're gonna follow DK tonight." And uh, I thought that was really, I thought that was a revelation because I think it shows that I don't. I think sometimes we question how involved Kyle is on the defensive side of the ball, and I think this shows that he's pretty involved. And I would argue he might be more involved this year than in years past. And that makes sense to me. You know, obviously you're onboarding a new, uh, a new guy outside of your organization. You haven't had to do that yet. Um, You're obviously going to take more, uh, you know, more time on that side of the ball, but it doesn't seem to have sacrificed uh, any of his time on the offensive side as well, because, you know, coming out of the bye, the offense just looks like a, like an absolute, just, cheese grater you know uh against the jaguars uh the bucks and now uh the seahawks and you know that jaguars defense isn't too bad and and neither is that buccaneers defense and you know the seahawks defense has had its moments this season so uh, again it just points to this this you know looming matchup with the eagles but the other thing that i thought uh that i think is, is another another piece to the puzzle that none of us saw coming and that is the at least seeming resurgence or reemergence of Ambry Thomas, Thomas yeah. um, which, you know, I know I was one of the loudest screaming for Jalen Johnson from, from the bears uh, at the trade deadline, um, or at least just somebody, right? Someone that can come in and bump Lenore to the slot so that we don't have to see Isaiah Oliver uh, on the field. Or Ambry Thomas on the field, unless you know emergencies happen. And they came out of the bye, and all of a sudden Ambry Thomas is on the outside, and Lenore is on the inside, and you're kind of like, oh, like okay, that's different. 
I wasn't ready for that. And then what I also wasn't ready for was for him to play really well. Yeah. And not just really well, but really, really well. Um, in the three games that he's been in the starting lineup, Amory Thomas is allowing a passer rating of 59.7 on 12 targets. Like yeah. he's playing really well. And obviously he had that interception against Geno Smith in this game. Uh, and that is a huge, huge emergence because again, it moves Lenore into the slot and now your nickel coverage is stronger because it was weak with Oliver. Oliver is a great nickel against the run. He's a great blitzer, not great in coverage at all. And so you've upgraded your nickel coverage without really degrading anything else that, that Oliver was bringing in the slot because now you have Lenore in, your, in the slot and you know Lenore has excellent coverage skills, but you're still worried about Ambry Thomas on the outside and he has acquitted himself really nicely over the last three games. And so to me, I think that's the biggest one is if Ambry Thomas is going to play that way, the way that he's played the last three games for, again, for the rest of the, the season, I mean, this, this secondary is cooking with gas because Jair Brown has come in for Hufunga and, and, you know, he did get burned uh, against Tampa Bay, right? But he did come in cold in that game, but the rest of that game and then the Seahawks game didn't really miss a beat with him out there. So again, just huge, huge developments moving forward if they stick. Yeah. And it's funny enough that, you know, everybody wanted the uh, an outside corner to kick Lenore inside. But what mm -hmm. if I told you the 49ers trade deadline acquisition was actually someone that was already in the building and someone that they actually right. got something out of, right? And right. it's and it's not like you're this is a rags to riches story. The kid's a third round pick. No. Yeah. And and he and in his first year, D'Amico Ryan's had to find ways to help him out with coverage, scheme things around mm -hmm. him, run some cover three, shade a guy his way, right? Like and get him acclimated. All it takes is a few plays for a player's confidence to go through the roof. You get the strip sack, uh, the strip fumble against the Jacksonville Jaguars, yep. and he mouths to uh, to Steve Wilkes. I'll never forget you. Almost like Steve Wilkes has been the one kind right. of pushing for him to get onto the field. So that little bit of confidence goes a long way. Then you see the interception happen. You start to see things grow a little bit more, right? And and he's only in on nickels. So again, Lenore starts outside, then kicks inside in nickel yep. situations, and yeah. it's just this flexibility that you have right now on top of the fact that it could be from a player that you've invested in. And the whole idea of like, well, oh my God, they didn't get anybody to trade deadline. What if their trade de trade deadline acquisition was a guy sitting in your building this entire time? Um, yeah. And it absolutely could go that way, um, especially when you think about the fact that Steve Wilkes is a secondary guy, the fact that Steve Wilkes has been pushing for him to get on the field, all these things little by little. This is why talent goes so far, coaching and coaching up, is the last little piece for guys that may need it. Yeah. Some guys don't need it. Most guys do, and he's one of them, and it looks it looks really good right now. They look much better for not having come off of any picks for any sort of uh, cornerback, at least, what, we're three games after the deadline? Yeah. Three games after the deadline. Well, and then not only that, but to be able to do that and still have the patience to wait, and now you've got reinforcements in Womack and Luter, who have already uh, made – contributions on special teams uh the last two games uh looter with a uh a chase down of uh the kick returner uh the opening kickoff not the opening kickoff but the 
uh, Seahawks opening kickoff. Uh, Luter is the one who chased uh, the kick returner down to save right. what would have been a touchdown. And then uh, Womack had that uh, down punt at the at the one that uh, went. He tipped to Ronnie Bell, but Womack is the one that made that play. So right. uh, again, you've got excellent reinforcements, and you didn't give up any picks. And now you're getting value out of a pick that you made two years ago in Amory Thomas. So uh, again, and 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 you know all of this is great considering that you've only got Charvarius Ward for one more season after this. And if you can find growth in in that pool of you know, four to five guys with Lenore, Luter, Womack, Thomas, right? Jair Brown. Again, now you're now you're cooking with gas where now you can re-sign a guy like a Chase Young if you want to do that or extend Brandon Ayuk or do both or whatever the case may be. So yeah, I think big things are happening in the secondary for this team. And and that's probably the the biggest uh, I would say the 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 biggest boost to this defense uh that it could be because that defensive line is back in a big way. And that's a lot of, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Right. Uh, no more pressures, just sacks. I love it. That. Yeah. Like let's, let's stop playing with our food and let's, uh, you know, let's, let's put it down. And, and that, you know, and you're seeing it, you know, six sacks, uh, against, against Seattle and almost all of them were, there were two guys at least, uh, converging at the quarterback. Uh, Javon Hargrave looks like Javon Hargrave from last year's Philadelphia Eagles squad. Uh, Chase Young and Nick Bosa are Chase Young and Nick Bosa. Eric Armstead's like doing what he does every season. It's just, it's a lot of fun to watch. And then you still got guys, you know, to rotate in and Cleveland Farrell and Clea Davis. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, Javon Kinlaw. <laughs> like you almost forget about that guy that was drafted. What? 15 overall Remember when the Niners traded for Randy Gregory? <laughs> uh, oh god, I didn't even say Randy Gregory. Holy cow. It's a it's an embarrassment of riches. It's an embarrassment of riches. And uh you know, I think it's I think it's going to be the difference coming down the stretch. Uh so again, like I said, this is uh we are recording this on Sunday, November 26th. The uh Ravens and Chargers are currently playing uh, in LA. It looks like I believe the Ravens are up 7 to 3. Uh but Wanted to take a look at a couple of the games that happened this week, including one on Thanksgiving that were uh, of significant interest to 49er fans. The first is the Detroit Lions lost to the Green Bay Packers at home on Thanksgiving. That was an unexpected result. But after the 49ers victory that night, the 49ers now are the two seed in the NFC, which is uh, a big improvement over three. Um, the Eagles played the bills. The bills looked like they were going to take the Eagles down to give them their second loss, which meant that the 49ers could go into Philly next week and get the dub. Then they would have the one seed, but the bills like Sean McDermott cannot close the deal. They lose to Philly in overtime, Sean McDermott. I'd love to ask, what is it you say you do here? Um, because <laughs> What's the excuse Man. now? Is it the offensive yeah, coordinator? I don't, I don't know. I don't. Uh, also, if if you're any uh, enterprising team out there, I would scoop up Ken Dorsey mighty quick because Ken Dorsey was not the problem in Buffalo. <laughs> right. And you could bring that dude in to, to help you and your offense uh, in the, you know, I and I'm talking to, I don't know, maybe not not anybody that the 49ers might face. No, not the 49ers. 
guy. I think Dorsey would help a lot of a lot of teams, but uh, but yeah. So this this game looms large. Uh, the 49ers can go into Philly and give them their second loss of the season, but that will not get the 49ers into the one seed because they have those three losses. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I, I was thinking about it today and I was like, are the 49ers going to be in the three biggest marquee matchups in the season, uh, uh, this season? And then I thought, well, I don't know. Kansas City Philly was pretty, you know, that was a pretty marquee matchup. Uh, so that might that might make it into like the top three. But that Niners Cowboys matchup early in the season, by far and away, the most anticipated game on the schedule. Uh, and then this Niners Philly game is going to be the most anticipated game on the schedule. And then Christmas day, the 49ers oh, and the you Ravens. Wrote, you wrote me into the joke. And I thought you were about to say when the 49ers have to play in Vegas for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, yeah. And then, and then it's on to Vegas. I, I just, I mean, obviously this game is huge. But it doesn't, it's not, it's not necessarily huge at this point for playoff seating because Philly only has one loss. The 49ers have three. But it's a heavyweight fight, and it and I think it has a lot of psychological uh I guess you would say psychological repercussions for both teams. Uh, yeah. uh depending on outcome. Yeah, the 49ers are not gonna get the NFC title back by winning on Sunday. But no. You want to show, first of all, all the talk from right after the NFC title game about what you would have done, what you yeah. would have done if everybody was healthy. Well, okay, everybody's healthy, so go show it now. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of that, and it's a little bit of saying, if we don't get the number one seed, we can come back and do this again. Yeah. And it's kind of just letting everybody know, regardless, we'll probably finish as the two seed, because I'm as shocked as anybody Detroit lost, actually to uh, yeah. Green Bay. I, I I was I'll be honest, I didn't think they were going to lose another game until they faced Dallas. Um right. and and now right. and now Minnesota doesn't look like a walkover. Um you know, New Orleans will probably play them tough and then they have Dallas again and I think they yeah. get Green Bay again and even Chicago gave them fits. Yeah. So, uh, I was kind of shocked especially looking at their schedule. I thought they were going to run away with the 2 seed, but it is about if we have to come back here, we've done it. And yeah. What we said we were going to do last time, we did it. Right. And it kind of just gets that out of the way and kind of puts that in their head, which is why I think they're so slick about Lane Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, Lane Johnson, get healthy, get right. I want to see you <laughs> Sunday. I want to see it Sunday. I want to. I don't want to hear it about this guy didn't play, that guy didn't play. I'm glad you yeah. took this week off. Take this week off, heal up, have some chicken soup, and get out there Sunday, because that's what I want to see. I don't want to see any idea of, we didn't have this guy, we didn't have this guy. No, 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 no. Everybody. Bring everybody on, make sure everybody's there. So I'm good with that. But it is more of, 
saying we can do this. We told you right. we were going to do this. Then it is anything that has to do with the number one seed, obviously, since Kansas City and Buffalo are completely unserious um, against the Philadelphia Eagles the last two weeks. Well, and here's the thing, right? The 49ers go to Philly. If they win that game and Philly still ends up with a one seed and then the NFC championship game is Philly versus San Francisco, all the pressure is on Philly. All of it. Because... The 49ers are going in going, hey, we we already did this. We know we can. You don't know that you can beat this team in in when our quarterback is healthy, right? So, you know, it it is it is an important game. And and I think it's an important game for for a lot of these players as well. Uh I think it's an interesting game for Javon Hargrave. Uh oh yeah. I can't I can't imagine what uh what <laughs> what this week is gonna be like for him. Um, it should be interesting and, and, um, yeah, absolutely. Hey Brian, Lane Brian, Johnson. Quick, did yeah. you know, did you know that Javon Hargrave used to play for the Philadelphia Eagles last year? Did he really? Oh my God. What, I can't wait good? for it. I can't was wait for on the, the, on the Eagles. I mean, he was so, so I can't wait yeah. for the <laughs> amount of questions that are going to belabor this point this entire week. Right. Like yes. it's almost going to be like, Hey, so remember when you were on the team last year, I, I would love Hargrave to be like, Nope. Don't remember it at all. It never happened. Like, no, I got uh, the, the, I, I play for the 49ers. We're in Silicon Valley. Imagine, I don't know if you guys I, know this. They, they already developed that uh, men in black thing. They did it to me <laughs> when I signed or, my contract. Or I've got Brian, no recollection of any anything that happened prior to signing here. Or Brian, the woman that you married, right, and you signed a long-term deal with, asked you what it was like with the ex. Even if it was great, right. you still have to say out of your mouth. Like, right. eh, it, was, it was all right. It was, it was okay. all right. It was, it was, it was all right. right. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got I, the ring. I, I'm glad I met I you. Fun. I'm glad I yeah. met you. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a fun season. We gotta, we, I, I mean, we I, I lost mean, I in gotta, the Super Bowl. I, yeah. I try not to remember it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was it was okay. It was Whatever. all right. This is more fun. I'm having way more fun over here. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, Lane Johnson, make it back so that we can watch you uh, leave early uh, before every snap and not get called. Oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, but like uh, but yeah, but so I was thinking about this. These two teams are are really kind of quite different. I think they're both very, very good teams, right? I think you can make an argument that these are the two best teams in the NFL. I don't know that you could argue another team above either one of these teams just based on results. Again, you can't argue KC, Philly beat them. You can't argue Buffalo, right? You can't – I don't even know if you can argue Baltimore because they just lost to the, to the, to the, uh, the Browns. And I think uh, Buffalo, I think Buffalo's 10th in the AFC right now. So it's hard to argue. Yeah, that. they're not even in the playoffs yeah. <laughs> right now, which is wild, which is wild. So these are, these are, I, I, again, arguably, but also I feel like inarguably the two best teams in the NFL right yes. now. But I think that they're very different. And, you know, I said this to you off air and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. I really feel like these two teams really are reflections of their coaches uh, more than other teams. And, you know, I think the only other team that is a reflection of their coaches is, is probably the Steelers and uh, Mike Tomlin. But, you know, the 49ers, their offense is, is really cold. It's clinical. It's, it's, it's surgical, if you will, at times. And I really feel like that's really you even look at Kyle Shanahan. And that's kind of how you would describe Kyle Shanahan, just kind of a, a football robot, if you will. And that's why he loves Brock Purdy, because he's bought Purdy, right? Like he's just like him, right? He's robotic, like like Shanahan is. And then Philly is more of this like 
gritty team, this grinded out team, this team that has a bit, uh, they're a bit smug, right? They're kind of, they're kind of douchey like their coach, uh, which is how I feel like I would describe uh, Nick Sirianni. Um, And I'm really excited to get this matchup underway and, and kind of see what, what he, how his reactions look like, especially if the 49ers win this game. But what do you think is is the biggest difference between these two teams uh, as we look towards this this Eagles matchup? I just I hate the whole like well if MVS catches that ball they probably win you know if Buffalo <laughs> yeah. doesn't you know miss on a touchdown right. or have like right. But I think the biggest thing is that the Eagles just can win any way you want them to, and yeah. that's something that is so invaluable. Um, you want to shoot out? Let's do it. You want a grimy game? Let's do it. You want to run yeah. it out? Let's do it. You want to throw it back and forth? Let's do it. They they find a way to win games. And I know that there's mm-hmm. no real way to quantify that, you know, un- until you watch the games, right? Like, I'm, right. everyone's going to point to what happened last week. You know, if MVS catches that, they probably win the game. Okay, mm-hmm. but there were plays before that. Like, that always they're always there. They're always in the chance. Right. They always have the chance to, like, you know, that's the thing that they've done at the 49ers haven't ticked that box yet. They have not ticked that box of, like, Hey, we've turned the ball over a ton of times, but we still have a chance to win the game and let's finish it. Or our defense isn't right. playing as well, but the offense has got to pick us up. Everything largely, aside from the Tampa game, has just been we're clicking, you're not, and you can't do anything about it. You're just going to get avalanched. Mm-hmm. I would like to see when things are not clicking how you get it done. And I think that's what Philly has right now and why, yeah. even though I've, I've been arguing with people, you know, especially someone in my group chat who is yelling at me to watch the tape, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jalen Hurts is it. I don't think Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. I think I don't either. I think he's he's the head, the favorite because they're winning games. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way he started this game early on, he didn't look like it. And then he goes down and he gets five total touchdowns. Yeah. Right. Like so, it doesn't matter how you win; it's just win. Um, style points don't yeah. matter. But I would argue that this Eagles team is finding ways to win. But they're not nearly as dominant as they were last year. There were no real games last yeah. year in which they had to do that. Like, they just, like, outright winning. But this year, it seems like they will, they can win however you want. And that's very valuable. That's something I'd like to see the 49ers show. Yeah, you know, I, I've already seen uh, kind of on the timeline people using the close nature of all of these Philadelphia games as a way to point to a kind of a, a flaw in the team or that they are a lesser team than the 49ers. and. I honestly think that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, I, I think there's a lot to be said about winning games like that, winning close games, winning grimy games, winning games uh, where you get outgained, right? This is, this. I think, the second game in a row, the third game in a row that the Philadelphia Eagles have been outgained and yet they still won. I think that's important. That shows character in the team. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say that, if you're talking about these teams and and you talk about them in ways that we talk about like prospects, right? Like ceiling versus floor, you know, right? Like the 49ers have a higher ceiling, but the Eagles have a much higher floor. And that's what makes them so dangerous because you could take away one thing that they're good at and they can still find a way to beat you with, with the other thing they're not as good at. And so when you do that to the 49ers, if you take the 49ers out of their run game, then you are well on your way to to sculpting a victory for for your team. Whereas if you take the running game away from Philly, Hertz can beat you with his arm. And then if you take the if you take the pass away from Philly, well their run game including Jalen Hurts can can really ground and pound and just 
eat up the clock and and give you three possessions you know so I, I this team is is a good football team it's a great football team i don't think they are as talented as the 49ers but talent doesn't always win out in football and yeah. that's where that's where this game is so intriguing is the 49ers really do come in boasting a a, a better a better roster you know top to bottom Philly has Philly has advantages in in specific areas. I'm not saying that they don't. They are very talented as well. The 49ers have a more talented roster. The question is, are they going to be able to impose their will on Philly or is Philly going to impose their will on them? And that's where that's where the game is going to be won or lost and that comes to to me that comes to the lines and the I I think Philly boasts a better offensive line. I think San Francisco when they added Chase Young now boasts a better defensive line. The question is, which strength is going to beat the other strength? And that's where this game is is fascinating to me. This is a statement game. This is to show it's you and us. We know. Um, I think you and us. You and I. This is terrible grammar. Um, it's you <laughs> and I. I think Dallas has played well, but Dallas is doing kind of what they always do, in which they beat teams convincingly, mediocre teams. Right. I don't think I consider them in that same regard as Philly and the 49ers, but this is to show right now, like we have the team that we thought could do it last year. And this is our team now this year, and we can still do it to you. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that regardless, this team needs to win, but they need to put something on tape that will make Philadelphia think twice about when the 49ers return, if they ever do. Yeah, I mean, I will take any victory, obviously. That's the goal. <laughs> any, any, I mean, if they win this game 24-23, 24-21, whatever the case may be, I'm in. And and I also think that that is a statement unto itself. Look, we can win these games too, which, like I said, you know, could be a statement that they that they want to make. But I'll tell you what, if if they go in and do to Philly uh, what they did to Dallas or what they oh. did to oh. Jacksonville. Oh, um, that You're talking about Super Bowl. Yeah, that is the, the hype train goes into absolute overdrive. I don't anticipate that happening. Me I'm just saying if that is the outcome, yeah, that hype train, that Super Bowl hype train is miles long and and absolutely going the speed of light because you know it's it it, it that there's no bigger statement to make. No, there isn't. They're not gonna play a team better than them. Um, I think you're right about the Christmas Day thing only because Baltimore's record against NFC opponents that they've only faced once is absolutely mind-boggling. Like, I think they've lost, like, maybe three games out of, like, 39 or something like that. It's just – it's when you never get to see Lamar and Lamar shows up, you just have no plan for it. Um, So I do think that's important as well. But, again, you wouldn't be facing them unless you make the Super Bowl or if they make the Super Bowl. Right. Like, Philly, it feels like a collision course between these teams, and this is – uh, not only the lick back for what happened in the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. but also kind of a precursor to what you can look for in the next NFC in title this, game. Because correct. I do think it is just Philly and the 49ers because we can erase Seattle from this discussion. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear anything more about Dallas until they show me they can beat a really good team. Um, yep. And then everybody else, you know, Minnesota's a nice story. Uh, I think I saw the Atlanta Falcons are the fourth division winning team. Like, yeah, they God, are. are you kidding me. Yeah. They're going to be playing that at this point. They're playing Dallas in, in just, Atlanta just, in that game. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, you have to be kidding me. So again, it is Philly and the 49ers. This is more about yeah. 
we want to get you back for what happened last year. You obviously don't get the NFC title back, but this is what you you can expect when we're fully healthy and we can get our team ready to go for an entire game against you. And I think that's what makes Sunday so special. Absolutely. It is Philly week and I could not be more hyped about it. Jason, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining me uh, here and uh, tell all these guys where they can uh, hear you uh, and see you and, and all that, all that good stuff. Hey, Brian, thank you, man, so much. Uh, kind of sad that I missed out. Uh, so we could have commiserated about how the, the New York Yankees aren't going to sign anyone and not win any uh, championships anytime soon. Um, we'll bring you back soon to do that. I promise. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, shout out to David Bonilla from uh, 49ers Web Zone. Also to a man, uh, I'm, a, I'm an alum from there, and I'll always uh, give him love anytime I can. But, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at JasonAponte2103, or it's called X is what the kids are calling it. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, not Jason me. Aponte. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I'm not calling it either that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, you can uh, follow me on YouTube, uh, Jason Aponte. That's where Sprint right off with Andrew Pasquini is who should have been the pick at number three uh going back uh in time right now Brian Pasquini at three um, hashtag Pasquini at three Pasquini at three was you know the one I'll never let uh John Lynch forget <laughs> but uh but yeah uh and and NinersNation.com um I write all week there shout out to everybody over there shout out to KP and all those guys and everything but uh yeah thanks again for having me Brian absolutely Jason thank you again and uh we will be back later this week uh with a preview we are hoping to do a crossover with uh, one of our uh, Odyssey uh, Philadelphia podcasts. Um, we are we have that in the works, uh, just trying to figure out what day. Uh, but we will be back. Al will be back. And uh, we, will, uh, we will preview this heavyweight fight between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles for the missing Al Sacco and Jason Aponte. I am Brian Rennick saying later. Nine is on three. One, two, three. Nine! Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.